Welcome to the Game Changing Health Podcast. I am your host, Gianna Beasley. I am a registered dietitian and certified personal trainer. And I am so excited to have you here because we are going to talk all about how to change the game of your health in ways that are realistic and sustainable. We're going to talk about hot topics. We're going to talk about how to get to the root cause of your health issue and talk about how through nutrition and movement, we can create a life that you love and can live fully. Thanks for joining and let's dive in. When I first start working with new clients or when I'm connecting with people on Instagram, which is where you can find me hanging out most of the time, a big question that everybody has when they're trying to figure out what is going on with their health and with their bodies is where to start. And typically the first place for a lot of people is going to be with labs, but there's a lot of labs out there to request. So how do you know what to do? Well, the good news is I got you. I made a freebie for y'all. It's called Labs to Request Annually that breaks down common labs to request every single year preventatively, and then also some additional categories on additional lab markers that you can request if something doesn't feel quite right with your body, and also what to do if you're not having luck getting those labs done in traditional channels. So be sure to grab that freebie by joining my email list below. The information is below in the show notes, so don't miss out and go grab that. If you have questions on it, slide into my DMs on Instagram. Welcome back to the Game Changing Health Podcast. I'm Gianna, your host, and this week's episode is going to be talking about my top five tips for navigating food allergies through the holiday season because as I'm recording this, we are in October. Yesterday, I posted on my Instagram stories and said there were 12 Wednesdays left in 2023, and I had so many people respond and be like, I was not ready for this. So genuinely, I apologize in advance, but we are officially entering the holiday season of 2023. Um, it is the beginning of October when I'm recording this, and we're about to kick off the rest of the, the, rest of the year. And we know that traditionally in the finale, finale what? Even was that? I don't know, but we're gonna we're gonna just pretend like I did not just say that weird. <laughs> In the final months, there we go, of 2023, we have so many different holidays. We have and even if you don't celebrate the holidays specifically, we have increased social activities for most of us, right? If we opt to participate in them, we have holiday parties, staff parties, end of year parties, New Year's parties. It's just like party after party after party. And something that my clients always seem to struggle with a little bit more is navigating kind of the increase in social obligations towards the end of the year, especially my clients with food allergies. And I myself, um, like we've talked about on previous episodes, have my own food allergies, right? And so the holidays can be a very stressful time in general, but especially if you have specific dietary like allergies or preferences. So it can just be a tricky time, right? If you can't eat a certain way because of a medical condition or food allergies or intolerances, right? And that's not even like a full expansive like sentence there of like everything that you could struggle with. But if you are someone who has a food allergy and you find that you struggle around the holidays and you're not quite sure how to keep yourself safe through the holiday season, this episode is for you. So let's dive in. Like I said earlier, as an RD, I frequently work with clients who do have food allergies or dietary preferences. And so every single holiday season, we come together and I work with them one-on-one to decide kind of like what our plan of action is for the holiday season so that they feel safe and confident to go and have those family meals or those those work parties or whatever the case is, right? And so hopefully this episode can help you, if you're listening, feel safe and more confident going into these situations as well. Um, and honestly, like 
while I'm gearing this towards like the kicking off of like the 2023 holiday season, keep in mind that this advice really can be applied to birthday parties year round, get togethers year round, celebrations that revolve around food, right? Because something really important to point out is culturally, a lot of people do have food based in their celebrations. And so realistically, if you are someone who is celebrating their culture through food and you have allergies, that can also be a really scary kind of thing to navigate in this episode. Hopefully we'll help you navigate that a little bit. So when we are thinking about meals around the holiday times, again, it could be based off cultural, you know, cultural celebrations or rituals or things like that that we're celebrating. Um, and we can have comfort foods in there. Anybody else like think immediately to Thanksgiving? Think about the comfort foods at Thanksgiving, the fact that you usually way overeat at Thanksgiving and have to like take that top button off because you're so full by the end. <laughs> um, so we can have a lot of different things, right? But even if you have food allergies, we can still go ahead into the holiday season and enjoy our time. So that being said, if you're someone with a true food allergy who gets triggered by allergic reactions, something you need to think about always going into the holiday season, especially if this is your first holiday season where you are managing these allergies, as small as a crumb or like small particle can be enough to cause an allergic reaction. This usually happens through cross-contamination or cross-contact. And so that's when an allergen from one food comes in contact with another food. So usually this happens most of the time during cooking. So a few major sources of cross-contact or cross-contamination are going to be like cutting boards or prep surfaces, utensils, ovens and microwaves, countertops, and then hands and fingers, right? People not using proper hand washing, um, people not sanitizing surfaces properly or using separate surfaces to prepare things. Um, cross-contamination or cross-contact can calm, um, come very easily to people. So, one of the easiest things that you can do to prevent cross-contact is just be really aware of where it can come from. And so educating family members, right, that are cooking on like, hey, like I do have a very severe food allergy. So I my food has to be prepped in a separate area so that, you know, we have separate food areas, separate equipment for like allergy versus like allergen-free food, right? Um, allergen versus allergen-free food. And so separate surfaces, separate separate utensils, separate cooking appliances. That's one way to educate family members or anybody cooking, even yourself, um, on making sure those stay separately. Again, another big way that things can get contaminated is through like dirty hands. So making sure we educate everybody on, you know, preventing cross-contamination by making sure we wash our hands after we touch something. So for example, if you were preparing something preparing two dishes. One is one has gluten, one does not. After you have been working with the gluten meal or pastry or whatever you're cooking, you will want to make sure you wash your hands before you then move over to the gluten-free side so that you don't take gluten into that dish. Um, so being really aware of cross-contamination, the possibility of it, nobody wants to get sick, especially at a holiday gathering. So just keeping that in mind. Now let's dive in to my five specific tips. I'm trying to keep this week's episode a little shorter and sweeter because I've had so many amazing guests on in the last couple of weeks and we have like heartier, beefier episodes. So I'm trying to keep this one a little bit shorter, a little bit sweeter this week. So my first tip for navigating holidays or celebrations with food allergies is to serve yourself first. So at 
beer gatherings, celebrations, whatever you want to call them, anybody with a food allergy, dietary restriction, dietary preference should ideally serve themselves first before everybody else. That basically guarantees that, you know, like, you know, if if you guys set out all your food on the counter and there's like a serving spoon in each of them, that guarantees that you guys can go through and scoop your food onto your plates where it's safe and you don't have to worry about like, was this spoon in the right mac and cheese or was it in the wrong mac and cheese and then it got put back over here and then we have that cross-contamination, right? So ideally, serve yourself first. My second tip is maybe not everybody's strong suit. I had to kind of learn to adapt and bake and cook when I found out about all my allergies. But my second tip is to offer to host or help the host, right? So by hosting the gathering yourself, you are able to control more of the food preparation. So you can feel more confident that you're following kind of like the necessary procedures and guidelines to make sure that your food specifically doesn't have any allergens in it. But let's say you don't want to host, you don't have a place to host or you know, family-wise, someone else is always the one hosting. For example, for me, it's my dad. He loves to host. Like, I don't think, I don't see him ever giving that up. (laughs) So if someone else is hosting, you can offer to bring your own allergy-free serving utensils and containers. Not necessarily, um, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to bring all the food, but you can definitely bring kind of like your own like serving utensils to make sure there's no cross-contamination that way. You can also offer to bring... um, you know, maybe a dessert that is like allergen free. For me specifically, I always have to bring myself some sort of like allergy free dessert that I can eat because for me, I find it actually very restricting, especially around the holiday times. I'm not purposely restricting and not eating dessert. I just literally can't eat it. But for me, that feels the same as I'm purposely like depriving myself. And for me and my previous habits of eating, I it can be very triggering to me to not have the equivalent of what someone else is happen- having. And that doesn't mean like if the whole family's having ice sugar cookies. That means I'm bringing my own ice sugar cookies, but basically just means I will have some sort of sweet treat as well that I will bring myself so that I can indulge in dessert time with the whole family or friends or whatever the case is um, and not feel like I'm missing out on something. So if you specifically know yourself, if you feel really triggered and feel very restricted, if you're missing out on something, that's always a really good time to bring your own. My third tip is to educate others. So one of the best things that we can do when we have a food allergy is educate the people you're going to be around about food allergies. Until I had my food allergies and became a dietitian, I genuinely did not know a lot about them. And when I had to start talking to my parents, especially my grandparents, and both my grandmas are amazing and they've both worked so hard over the last like six years to really adapt to try to cook some things, not everything, but some things for every single like family gathering we have that I'm I am able to eat so that I am, you know, included and like I have something to eat. And I've always, I always will offer probably forever to bring my own stuff because I do feel bad making other people do it. But loved ones, especially your family members, if they want you to be included and that's like an important value to them, like they will try, but they just don't know, right? If you don't have a food allergy, you genuinely probably don't know (laughs) about them. Um, So let them know that like, ask them like what they plan on serving or the dishes that, um, you know, you could possibly bring that would be allergy free. And then also really talk through them through with them, not just the ingredients of things, but also the preparation and cooking process of things. Because like we just talked about earlier in this episode, cross-contamination is very possible and most likely is going to occur during the preparation and like cooking process. So going through all those details with them so that they kind of have a really good idea of 
where it's at. And some people, I actually have found this to be really helpful for a lot of my clients, have found that it was like a very supportive thing for their family to create like an email or a Google Doc with like allergy procedures on how to like not cross-contaminate someone and sent it out to people making dishes. And I honestly have never myself or with my clients experienced anyone that came back and was like, oh my God, my family said no. Like, right, people love us. People feel bad for us actually most of the time if we have an allergy. So... I say I always try to bring something, but also just educate others because chances are they genuinely just don't know a lot about food allergies. My fourth tip for this is to create food labels. So some families may be able to complete like complete a full meal with no allergens present that someone has a problem with. So for example, this has happened before for me um, because actually my mom and dad share similar allergens to me where we have been able to have like a holiday meal that's completely gluten-free and dairy-free and beef-free and potato-free. So I can literally walk into that meal and know that everything there is safe for me and I'm good to go. But that's that's definitely a luxury, right? And that's not always the scenario or the case. A lot of times it could be just you that has the allergy. Like you can't have dairy or you can't have gluten or you can't have, what else is a common one? You can't have eggs, right? And so it might just be you. So there's likely to be a mix of foods that do or don't contain allergens. And so something that can be really helpful and also doesn't take a lot of extra effort on most people's part is to create basically labels. And um, we actually used to do this on like little note cards where basically everybody just wrote down like what what went in this dish. So, and that little note card went next to the dish. So as people were going through, you could kind of see what is in it. Um, something you can also do is kind of color code it. And you can literally do this by buying like colored um, like note cards, colored sticky notes, or you can literally just take a red marker and draw a border around like a plain white note card. But you can put basically like a red label or red like border um, on those note cards next to the foods that do contain allergens. So for example, if you are someone that's trying to navigate and not have gluten for a meal because it's an allergy or sensitivity for you, um, you can go through and help the host or anybody that brought a dish um, identify anything that has gluten in it, and then you can put that little card next to it, and that would help. It's really helpful, especially for large gatherings, but creating food labels or just having everybody list out what goes in each dish can be really helpful for figuring out if it is something that's worth eating for you. Sometimes you may be in a situation where you're like, "Mm, this is probably fine, but I'm not 100% sure. And so in those situations, it's, it's ultimately up to your judgment on if you try it or not. But my fifth tip is to skip it if necessary. So when it comes down to it, if you have any doubt in your mind, if the food is safe or not, just skip it. It's better not to take the chance of getting sick because, again, nobody wants to get sick at a holiday. Um, And for people that have, like, very reactive allergies, you usually are sick within a couple minutes, right? Um, Anaphylactic allergies, obviously, even faster. So, it's usually not worth it. (laughs) Just keep that in mind. Um, So, skip it if necessary. And I know that it can be, again, an overwhelming process and 
it's one of those things that I wish I could just like wave a magic wand and cure everybody's food allergies so nobody has any issues and it is a-okay and easy peasy lemon squeezy, no problem. But unfortunately, that is just not how the world works. And so when we have food allergies, if you have a food allergy or if you're listening to this for someone else that has a food allergy, it's really important to know that we probably already feel bad enough as it is. Like speaking from my personal experience, I already feel bad enough as it is that other people have to take extra steps, especially at like family gatherings to work with my allergy. But I am eternally so grateful forever and ever and ever that people are putting the brain cells in and the effort in to make sure that I feel included and and participating in the family meals. So just know that we are thankful and grateful. And also just know that it's always in these situations with allergies, it is always better to ask more questions than not enough questions. There is no such thing as a silly question. Someone could ask me a hundred questions about my allergies and what I can or can't eat. And I would never be annoyed with someone for asking all those questions to make sure that I stay safe at my meal. Um, So remember, always ask the person in your life, or if you are someone with an allergy listening to this, remember, advocate for yourself. No one else is going to do it. Stay safe at these gatherings. And honestly, the best way to stay safe is by advocating for yourself, even in those situations where it might not be super comfortable to ask the question, ask it. Do not risk getting sick. Think about how awful you feel when you get sick. I literally can vividly picture the sickest I've ever been when um, I had, I accidentally ingested gluten and I never wish to ever be back there ever again. So advocate for yourself. We'll quickly recap my five tips. So the first one was serve yourself first. Number two was offer to host or help the host. Number three is to educate others. Number four is to create food labels. And number five is to skip it if necessary. So having a food allergy does not mean that you have to sit out from the meals or the celebrations or stay home entirely. You can still have a great time. You can still celebrate. You can still have good food. It just requires a little bit of time and preparation and care ahead of time. But hey, Hopefully you're listening to this well ahead of time since we're this will be out mid-October. So you got some time you can chat with your family members and just kind of plan ahead. So remember, advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate. Help your family members that maybe are a little more shy to advocate for themselves um, to advocate. And just remember that you absolutely have the power to go into any holiday or celebration with the confidence and knowledge of how to safely manage your food allergy. If you have any questions about food allergies or you're not sure about something, please feel free to reach out. Send me a message on Instagram. That's where I live (laughs) these days. So send me a message. We can definitely chat through it. We can and I'm happy to help you like word things to your family if you're nervous about talking to them as someone who has been there several times. So please just reach out if you have questions on this or you need anything. But thanks so much for listening. Happy official kickoff to the 2023 holiday season. As um, I would say to my family members, um, starting October 1st to October 30th, it's already Christmas season. (laughs) I tried to go into a Christmas store literally just yesterday and my husband was like, absolutely not. So happy holiday 2023 season kickoff. Um, I'm excited to hopefully bring you guys a little bit more holiday content this year. But if there is anything specifically that you would like to hear from me on the podcast regarding holidays and meals and anything like that, just let me know now. Um, But until the next episode, hope that you stay happy and healthy. Thank you so much for listening. I cannot tell y'all how much I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart for being here and tuning in to the podcast. If you have a second, you can scroll and leave a rating and review for the podcast. It helps me 
help more people like you. And I would really, really appreciate it. If you have any questions on this episode or any other episode you've listened to, just as a reminder, come find me on Instagram. I'm at dietitian.gianna. It is linked down below in the show notes as well, but please come connect with me on Instagram. If you have questions, if you need help, let me know and I'm happy to help.